0: This is a Squiz podcast, We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Thursday the 21st of April in your Squiz today, negative numbers for Netflix, the first leaders debate in the campaign, Wimbledon bans Russian and Belarusian players, and one for the salt lovers. This is your Squiz today. We're used to hearing about the triumphs of streaming giant Netflix, but their latest quarterly results show a loss of subscribers for the first time in a decade. Not only that, they expect to lose another $2 million by the middle of the year. It's not just a post-pandemic slump, Eliza, as we get off the couch and head back into the real world. No, it's
1: not, although the company says that COVID, quotes, obscured the picture by significantly increasing growth in 2020. So they got an additional $36 million subscribers in that year alone. Uh, That growth started to slow last year, uh, but they reckon this big drop can be put down to macro factors like slowing economic growth, bigger picture. Uh, Rising inflation is another big one in the US particularly. Uh, It's changing the way that a lot of people are spending their money. Uh, And the other factor is the sharing of passwords. I'm sure many listeners this morning have their account (laughs) logged on to other computers or television somewhere. Uh, The company reckons that another
0: 100 million or so households globally are actually watching on somebody else's account. The news of the result wiped 25% off their share price. They're naturally looking at what can be done. You'd imagine there's been a few big brainstorming sessions at Netflix HQ. (laughs) It certainly sounds like it. Uh, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings
1: had previously put a hard no on any advertising content. Now there looks to be a bit of wriggle room. He actually spoke about a cheaper version of Netflix that might come out For people who are willing to cop ads. Um, Bigger picture here though is that Netflix is kind of the original streaming service, and all the competitors, uh, and there are so many, um, have been sort of geared to compete with it or around it. Uh, One example is Amazon. It's now putting a lot of money into a free service, uh, but with loads of commercials. Um, So, Netflix says it's kind of going back to basics. It's always innovated. Um, It's grown its product by doing new things like making original content. Um, And that's at the heart of its strategy to keep people coming back and handing
0: over money to keep their subscriptions going. There sure are a fair few streaming services around. I probably need to do an audit of mine. More than a few people for sure standing by if there will be a crackdown (laughs) on sharing passwords across households. On to the latest in the election campaign and Prime Minister Scott Morrison and Anthony Albanese went head-to-head in a leaders' debate last night. The big topics, China, asylum seeker boat turnbacks and welfare policies.
1: Yeah, all the big ones were out there last night. Uh, it was the first debate between the two leaders and it took place in front of 100 undecided voters at the Gabba in Brisbane. Uh, Anthony Albanese got stuck in over that security pact between the Solomon Islands and China that we've been discussing. He said this isn't so much as a Pacific step up, but a Pacific stuff up. Uh, things got pretty heated over immigration policy. When Scott Morrison asked why Albanese didn't support boat turnbacks, when he was deputy leader in the Rudd government in 2013, and that prompted Albanese to come back and accuse him of trying to sow division. Uh, Both men more broadly pointed to the rising cost of living for Australians and how tough that was in the hip pocket. And the PM said that only the coalition could continue paying for social welfare schemes like the National Disability Insurance
0: Scheme and Medicare because it was better at managing money. Got pretty feisty at times. As you say, there were 100 undecided voters in the room. They gave the debate to Albanese 40 to 35. The remaining 25 were still undecided by the end of the debate. No word yet on whether there will be another leaders' debate this election campaign. We're hearing a little more about the China-Solomon Islands security deal, which was signed on Tuesday night. The agreement means the Chinese military will be in the southwest Pacific more frequently, something Australia is none too happy about. As for the reactions here at home, Labor has accused the government of a massive foreign policy blunder.
1: Yeah, it said it was the worst foreign policy blunder in the Pacific that Australia has seen since the end of World War II. Uh, Now, that's a criticism that the Prime Minister rejected yesterday. He said... Quotes, what it highlights is that there's always incredible pressure on Pacific nations that comes from China seeking to undermine the security of the region. So some tough language there. He said, we know the risks and we can't always prevent them. This is about the fear that the deal could Open the door to seeing a permanent uh, Chinese military base in the region. Of course, that's something that Solomon's PM, Sogavare, has ruled out. For his part, Sogavare told his parliament yesterday that he went into the new security deal with his eyes wide
0: open to deal with their own internal security situation. It seems that he's shrugging off any warnings from Australia and allies about the deal. Before we move on from international news, just quickly on this week's shortcut topic, Eliza, you and Claire take a look at the strategic partnership that China and Russia entered into just before the Winter Olympics. When it comes to geopolitics, it doesn't get too much bigger than those two players. Oh, absolutely.
1: So in this shortcut, we look at the ties that bind these two countries, particularly that friendship between Chinese President Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin. As they grew further alienated from the West, they really forged this sort of bedrock of friendship that was formalised through the alliance in February. Uh, The big question now, though, is how the war is affecting that alliance, particularly now the West is taking permanent steps
0: to isolate and weaken Russia in particular. It's a big one. Search for Squeeze It Shortcuts in your podcasting app to have a listen to that episode. In sport, Wimbledon has banned tennis players from Russia and Belarus from competing in this year's tournament because of the war in Ukraine. It's taking some big names out of the competition, Eliza.
1: Yeah, it sure has. That's Russian men's world number two, Daniil Medvedev, and number eight, Andrei Rublev. They won't be able to take the court, Uh, as well as Anya Sabalenka, Victoria Azarenka, and last year's French Open runner-up, Anastasia Pavlochenkova. Now, in its statement, the All England Club said the decision comes with deep regret, uh, but it said it would be unacceptable for the Russian regime to derive any benefit from the involvement of its players uh, in the championships. It's actually the first time that players have been banned from the tournament since World War II. That was Japanese and German players. And overnight, Wimbledon champ Martina Navratilova, she won nine tournaments. And she was really upset by this. She says it's putting players in a really difficult spot because
0: if they denounce, their countries in order to play, it could put their families at risk. The ATP, the men's governing body, has said the move is unfair and could also set a damaging precedent for the game. Russian officials have obviously criticised the decision. The tournament kicks off in late June. Now, eating a low-salt diet is good for your health, not so much for your taste buds. But now scientists in Japan have come up with a nifty invention, chopsticks that trick your brain, Eliza. Yeah, so the
1: chopsticks are attached to a mini computer that's sort of attached to your wrist and it transmits a weak electrical current into them, into the chopsticks, not your wrist. Uh, and that stimulation <laughs> transmits ions that are present in the food and that goes into the mouth and it sort of enhances the sensation of saltiness. Uh, so according to the scientists, it's been really popular with people in that 40 to 65 age group who've been told to cut down on their salt consumption. They reckon it allows you you to cut out a
0: third of the salt content without compromising on the flavor. You do have to compromise on your fashion a little with this mini computer thing on your (laughs) wrist. It kind of looks like a chunky smartwatch, but you know, good news if you suffer high blood pressure, strokes, or other illnesses associated with a high salt intake, you might not have to sacrifice that good, good salt flavor for too much longer. Squeeze the day. Eliza, what are you keeping an eye on? Well, it's the Queen's birthday.
1: She turns 96. Uh, Now, she's keeping it pretty low-key. Apparently, she's hanging
0: out at the family's Sandringham estate. hope she at least gets to enjoy a gin and tonic on her birthday. For me, you have until midday today if you want to make a last-minute dash to nominate to run for parliament in this election. Consider this your reminder if you've got a fancy to suddenly take up politics. But if you do want to know more about what it takes to run as an independent, then stay listening for today's Squiz the Election episode. We covered that off, as well as we're getting to know a few notable independents in this election. That means this week we've covered the major parties, the minor parties and the independents. If you do have any questions about about politics, about the election, big or small, send them through to hello at the squiz.com.au and we'll cover them off in our Ask the Squiz episode on Saturday morning. That's all from us. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow.
1: A quick message now from our podcast partner.